This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, hello, listener, and welcome to the Behold podcast. Uh, Good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening. Good day, I guess. Good day, Beholder. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, This is Sean and Dan. It's just the two of us today, so brace yourselves. It's kind of intimate. I like it. Get ready. Um, Man, before we get into this week's uh, episode, Dan, how are you? It's been an eventful week on your end. It has been a full week. I celebrated my 35th uh, birthday. Been around for 35 years. I'm officially mid-30s and had a really fun time. Emily surprised me with a round of golf with some of my friends. Uh, they, they picked me up and took me out, and we played played on uh, on Friday. Really fun time. And then Sean, for those of you that don't know, Sean took me um, along with, with Joe Stewart, and we did, we did some trail riding in the Santa Cruz Mountains, a little place called the Flow Track. Is that what it's called? Flow Trails, yep. Flow trails, yeah. And so it was um, about like 2,000 feet of climbing and and then like five five miles or so downhill, like on these crazy single track, you know, with berms and jumps and rocks and roots and, you know, cliffs and just utter death all around. And <laughs> I had a really fun time. I'm, I'm, I had a couple wipeouts and I'm pretty <laughs> sore still. Every day I... I wake up and I just think, man, maybe, maybe today's the day that I'll feel better, but nope, I just keep feeling worse. <laughs> the soreness is still settling in. I think I may have broken a rib or two. Oh boy. My shoulder is on fire and, uh, but no, it was really fun. That's the kind of stuff I like to do, you know, and, um, on, on my birthday, just kind of something adventurous, something outdoors. And then we went to the beach after and it was just, it was a good time. And then on Monday, my wife and I celebrated 12 years of Woo. marriage. We went up to Sonoma. We stayed at this amazing place called MacArthur Place and just had a really great time just connecting and talking. And um, we, we did some hiking and sh- at Sugarloaf and we did some wine tasting. And it was just a really good time of just reflecting on God's goodness to us. And yeah, so I'm kind of like... And and then really this podcast is like the crescendo of my week. I mean, this is really the highlight after all that stuff. So excited wow. to be to be with you, Sean. Well, on behalf of the world, happy birthday, buddy. Happy anniversary to you and Emily. And happy Thanks, podcast day. Um, <laughs> Thanks be... for making it all so special for me. Yeah, You're man. a good friend. Sorry about your ribs. Uh, it's official. I'm the worst friend. Um, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> but on the way out there, you asked me about the, the risk of you falling, and I estimated. I was like, yeah, about 20% chance I think you're going to fall. Well, that happened twice, so my math was way off there, but live well, and learn. It's all right. But you take and it. I feel, like my, I feel like I didn't really have the right, the right kind of bike. I was, uh, the, my bike was, was raging against what was happening. Yeah, once again, <laughs> your friends led you uh, down a bad battle, so <laughs> sorry about that. But you took <laughs> it, it like great. a champ. We had a great time, and here we are. Um, yeah, man, your week was awesome. I would say this week for me, one really special thing was on Thursday, which was the prayer drive-in that we had. 
And man, it was just so awesome. Um, if you haven't heard of this, last week our church, we did a, a prayer drive-in. So we asked people to to drive through our parking lot with their families and stay in their cars. And we had pastors and staff and elders come to cars and just, you know, mass, of course, and all that. Just pray with people. And it was just so striking to me how initially we considering that it seems so weird, like such a strange idea. Um, we don't typically do that. <laughs> Ask people to just drive in and we'll all wear masks and I'll pray by your window. And so on, on face value, that's how it felt. But then actually doing it, man, it was so fruitful, so just life-giving. Um, just the fellowship was so there. So I was really grateful for that time. And it really served as an example to me of just how... I know right now it feels like circumstances are crazy and weird and and we can't we feel like we can't do so much. But I was reminded that man, these are things that we're just called to. Fellowship, prayer, worship, like all those things are things that God tells us we need to do. And we know that if he says that, then he's always no matter what the circumstances are going to give us the the uh, the tooling and the ability to do that. So I was encouraged in that way. Um and speaking of that that topic of kind of adjusting to current circumstances and serving God regardless. Um, Dan, I know you had a cool interaction with someone this week regarding that topic. Absolutely. I got to sit down with, with Bob Allen, who is a good brother from Valley Bible. And we got to talk about what God's been doing in, in his life and how he has experienced this service and ministry, this effective service and ministry that we've been talking about as we've been looking at Paul's life and ministry and it's happened in some really profound ways. And so we, we got to have a little little chat earlier this week. And so we're going to play that for you now. And then we'll come back on the other side and, and we'll talk about a couple other things. And you guys are in for a real treat. This is, this is uh, you know, pretty amazing what God has done in his life and in his family's life over these past few months. So um, without any further ado, let's cut to Bob now. Hey everyone, it's Dan, and I am sitting here with the one and only Bob Allen here, live in studio, separated by glass. We are cl- we are clean and clear, no uh, no droplets floating in the air. Um, but yeah, here with Bob Allen, and uh, we're really excited to just hear what God's been doing in his life and in his family, and how God's really been showing up and caring for him. So, so Bob, welcome. Good to have you back. It's great to be here, Dan. It's great to see my, you know, my brother in Christ and you, and you're just coming into the building and actually seeing my VBC family. I mean, I've only seen everybody on the webcast over the last number of months to actually see you guys in person. Wish there was more hugging going on. I, I miss that. I, I agree 100. percent And we were we were just talking before we started rolling, just how powerful it is. You know, physical presence is just a a powerful aspect of life and relationship. And so it's good to have you, have you, uh, with, with us today in the studio, Bob. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I want to emphasize, I am honored and humbled that you asked me to contribute because, uh, this is, I, the Lord has done some pretty amazing things. And if I can offer encouragement to anybody, you know, by saying how good he is and how good he's been to us, then I'm, I'm honored to share it. So. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get into it. A couple of weeks ago, we, you know, we were in Romans 15, and and what a trek it has been through the book of Romans, and God's been revealing so many powerful things to us. 
But in, in chapter 15, we were learning from Paul that um, ministry is really, is, is just about service, right? And it's about, it's about service um, flowing both ways, serving each other. And in verses 14 through 21, Paul gives us uh, what we called a blueprint for effective service. And if you miss that, beholders listening, go back and, and um, check out our um, messages. They're archived at, uh, on, on our YouTube page, and you can get to that from our website. But, um, you know, Bob, I understand that you and your family have been recipients of some really effective service during this COVID era. Um, and so would you please tell everyone just what that's looked like? You know, how has, how has the church family really come around you during this, this year? Well, it's funny. I, I got to first be candid with you before I answer your question is, you know, I direct webcasts with like hundreds of thousands of people watching. So my work ends up on the internet all the time. That never makes me nervous. This makes me nervous. <laughs> Sitting here on a podcast with you <laughs> is, is is something very out of the ordinary for me. Oh, so th- thanks for being kind about it. But the thing I do want to hang on to is uh, is Romans fifteen eighteen. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished uh, through me and through our family, which is you know what we can talk about in answer to your question. Um, for those of that who don't know us, my wife, Jen Allen, and I, we're both self-employed. And I think you've mentioned her on the podcast in the past. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, a couple weeks ago we were talking about, Sean and I were talking about our pod bods and how we need we needed Jen Allen to come in and kick our butts to get us back into shape. So so uh, this is great in full circle in, in many ways. Well, and I, and I need the same thing, and I live in the same house with her. And, and the thing is, don't feel bad because no matter – how much weight I've lost or what I'm doing, you know, standing next to her, I still feel like job of the hut. So it's, there's not a lot you can do in that regard. That's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. So both self-employed. So, yes. so, so Jen has her fitness uh, business and then tell everyone what you, what you do. Normally. And then I have been a, uh, a video professional for over 30 years. So I, mo- I serve mostly, um, Silicon Valley companies doing corporate television. So I do all their all-hands meetings and their big global events and a lot of that kind of stuff. But the long and short of it is I'm a freelance TV director. And I have been uh, for you know on my own as a freelance guy for 24 years. This year was 24 years. And it's hard to believe. But uh, so my business is you know the phone rings and I and I go and you never know where the next gig is coming from. So. I do a lot of corporate events, and what happened in March was the shutdown hit. No events. None. (laughs) And I watched an entire calendar of gigs in March disappear in the course of 48 hours of phone calls and emails. That's crazy. And then every other major gig that I had, you know, sometimes I go to Vegas and do these big user conferences and stuff, all of it gone for the entire year. No bookings, no nothing. And Jen, not able to teach her classes in person as a fitness trainer, same thing, because you couldn't hold classes. You couldn't gather together. No, you couldn't. So our incomes went to zero overnight. And literally, that, literally. Literally. There was nothing and, and no prospects of anything. Your, your calendar suddenly cleared. There's, there's nothing. And that was actually, you know, it's pretty sobering because in any time in our lives, when, in our married life, uh, when we've faced adversity, you know, we, we work hard. That's what we do. Jen and I are hard workers. We've never been afraid of hard work. That's one of the reasons we've been able to function as self-employed people. And then when there's adversity, you'll work harder. 
You, mm. you work even harder. Yeah. What do you do when you can't work, when you can't work your way out of it? You know, the, the, the only thing that you have is you hit your knees and you pray like you never have before. Amazing. Because that's really all you have. And that's when the Lord does his greatest work is, is once you've come to the end of yourself. So initially, you know, when that happens, you feel alone in a lot of respects because everybody around you, all your neighbors, they still have their jobs and, you know, they still have their paychecks. And so they're, they're not, they're inconvenienced, but their, their world hasn't completely gone sideways. Um, and then they see you walking the dog down the middle of the street in the day. And then, you know, you see, they, you see the light bulb go off and they're like, oh my gosh, you're you guys working, are right? you're self-employed. <laughs> How are you guys handling all this? So, um, you know, we knew we had believing family praying for us, and then we asked the VBC family to pray for us. And in the midst of it, Jen and I really tried to look at the shutdown as no different than everyday life for us, you know, because as self self-employed people, you know, we don't know where the gig, next gig's coming from, and we've always viewed it as the Lord's still on his throne, he's sovereign, he's always provided for our business and incomes for years, and we didn't know where the gigs were coming from then, we don't know where the gig is coming from now. It's truly no different if, if you would just look at it that way and realize that it's his hand that provides each day. And we try to use that as a teaching opportunity for the boys as well, because they've seen us as self-employed, they've seen us you know, struggle at times, and they've, they've seen us in plenty and want, and those are relative terms. I get that. But still, okay, it's, it's a teaching opportunity because God is unchanging. And so even though our circumstances seem catastrophic, he is unchanging and is there clearly to meet our needs. So we tried to look at the, uh, at the shutdown that way really is no different than him doing what he always does. And to your, that. You know, to, that. to your point about, you know, service, you know, what was really amazing is how the Lord moved in the hearts of believers and unbelievers alike to meet our needs in, in miraculous ways. I mean, because um, gifts and checks and things just started showing up. Now, hear me in this. Wow. And, you know, I've... I've grown up in the church. I've heard the stories of, you know, people coming in and telling, oh, my goodness, we didn't know where our next meal was coming from for the kids. And then suddenly there was a ham on the doorstep type thing. I, you know, I've heard yeah, those stories. Yeah, and, and you believe it. And yeah, okay, yeah, fine. It's an entirely different thing when you experience it. And it started in the simplest of ways by just the neighbors. You'd open the front porch and there'd be a gift basket. Or a gift bag, you know, with there'd be a bottle of wine and a you know a card of encouragement and wow. saying you know we we believe in you guys you're going to get through it and then you know, a Trader Joe's gift card in there, you know, just really trying to be sweet and you know, and and thoughtful and and it continued on where then we started to get other cards and there'd be other checks and you know and gift cards. There was one we opened up a, a gift card and a whole stack of Trader Joe's gift cards fell out. And, you know, things like that, that was, it was just, you know, give, the gift bags, the notes of encouragement from people. It was really amazing how people stepped forward, you know, to, to serve. And we know that, yes, there were people that were thinking of us and mindful of us, but it was clearly, it was so broad that it was obviously the Lord moving in people's hearts to prompt them to do that. And that, that's, that's uh, pretty amazing and pretty humbling for sure. It is. And it, it's so it's so 
interesting to me and really uh, inspiring to me because many of the normal ways that we are that we are called to serve or maybe the rhythms of service that we have been in, you know, pre-COVID, those things are all shut down. And so it doesn't mean that we stop being the church. It doesn't mean that we all of a sudden don't have our gifts anymore. It doesn't mean that we stop being generous and looking out for each other. No, all of those things carry on. But I think sometimes it takes us to, to really, A, be prayerful and to ask the Lord, how can I help? And, and like you said, the Lord, you, you really believe that the Lord prompted these people to do that. It's amazing. Well, I think a lot of people would do it because they're available. I right. mean, because they're, they're willing to be available. I mean, there are obviously some people that, you know, perhaps, you know, folks that just, oh, I, oh, I'm thinking of the Allens. I'll give them something. And they don't necessarily, if they're unbelieving, maybe don't think of it as the Lord doing the prompting. But then there's other people like you're talking about with service within the body of Christ right. that are... Sincerely asking, Lord, how may I help somebody? Because I still have my job, I my paycheck's still showing up. What can I do? And then, if you ask, the Lord's going to respond, and He's going to place somebody on your heart. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's so amazing. And I really, that's what I really have been trying to encourage people to think about is, you know, just to sometimes we have to be a little creative, and we have to have some determination when it comes to service. Other times we can get into a, a rhythm and a groove, and, and, and that's powerful too, and God can really make that effective as well. But sometimes we, we have to think outside the box a little bit, and that's, what's re- that's what this COVID era is really teaching our church if, for those that are willing to, to, to avail themselves of yeah, that. Yeah, and it's in, like I said, it's being available because when you've got circumstances like COVID restrictions and a lot of the familiar things like you described have been taken away yeah, how what is available to you? You have to think differently. You guys have done a tremendous job getting services online where you didn't have to before. You have to th- be available to meet the needs of the body in different ways when the things that are familiar to you may not be available, like you described. Wonderful and and such a great insight. You know, we also talked from Romans fifteen. Uh, you look at verses twenty two through thirty three. Uh, how delight prayer and peace are connected with giving and receiving service. So Paul talked about, you know, his, his connection with the, with the church and, and how his, his service to them and their service in, re, in response to him really just stirs up delight and peace. And that there's this really prayerful aspect. So in what ways have you guys experienced, you know, those, those things as a family during this time, as people have, have really been generous and, and looked out for you and helped you really get through a tough time? Well, it's, uh, um, I'm going to talk your ear off on this one because <laughs> I, I've got a lot of points that support exactly what you're saying about, you know, the delight and the peace. Is, you know, I've learned that there's really no greater encouragement than to know that somebody's truly praying for you. I mean, genuinely, deeply praying for you and that you shouldn't be afraid to ask for it. You know, because, you know, Paul talks about, you know, he asked for prayer in, in Romans 15, 30 to 32. And the curious part is that he doesn't just ask for prayer, but in verse 30, he says, join me in my struggle in struggle by praying to God for me. And I talked to many believing friends at this time and asked them to pray for God's provision for us. And each took it so seriously that I know they felt connected in our struggles. Uh, and that was really a profound experience. That is what gave us delight and peace 
long before the first gift ever showed up, wow, is to know so... that somebody was, you know, was that sincere and really carrying the burden of prayer and, and sharing in that, that struggle with us, you know, the, the concern about, all right, I'm not working, I got, I've got nothing, what's next? Um, so, and then once the gifts did show up, you know, then we felt showered with blessings because it was so abundant and it felt abundant above and beyond the prayers that had been offered on our behalf. So um, you talk about delight. The other part of the delight was, I think, on the part of the givers. We had friends that told us flat out as they handed us a check, they would say, don't thank us. You know, we're just being obedient to the Holy Spirit. And he told us to do this. And first and foremost, that is humbling beyond words. Uh, but, the, but the givers had delight in doing it. They, they were, there were anonymous cards of encouragement with scripture, you know, written inside, you know, with money. And then it would say, love Jesus. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I just, you know, yes. there was, um, this one still just blows my mind. Uh, we went to the, the mailbox one day and, uh, and Jen and I rarely do that together, but we did this together at the same time. And there was an envelope addressed to her, no return address. You opened it up and there was a, a anonymous cashier's check, big cashier's check. Yeah. <laughs> and we started laughing and crying at the same time. And like, wait, wait a minute. How does this happen? It's manna from heaven. It's completely. And, <laughs> yeah. and but, but people, they were taking delight in just the giving and the helping and not being recognized for it, not getting accolades for it. You know, that's, they were anonymous in doing it and wanted to do it. And that's where I think the delight is that you're, you're talking about is, you know, on the part of the givers, they had genuine delight, not only to pray for us, but to give in a tangible way that the Lord laid on their heart. And, and they had, um, they had a joy in that. Um, you know, not wanting any recognition at all. Uh, one of the most profound stories about this, and I learned so much. Um, I have a dear friend of mine who's been a strong, mature, you know, brother in the Lord for many years. He's prayed for me over the years through difficult circumstances. He's been a mentor to me. And so I called him when we were in the midst of all of this. And I said, um, I said, would you, you know, and, and he understands my business and he understands mine and Jen's business and why you know, suddenly the income can go to zero as it does. So um, I called him and, and asked for prayer. And he responded and he said he would absolutely pray for me. And then he prayed for me over the phone. And then he, he says, I'm, I'm going to send you a check. And I'm like, no, I, I, I didn't call you to give me money. I called for you to pray with me because I, I trust you and I know that you will pray along with us. And he, and he taught me, still teaching me many things. First thing he says, shut up and don't, don't be, just know how to accept a gift. Wow. Okay. Which is something I have to learn. And I've certainly learned through this process. But the other thing is he says, this is not about the amount because I, I'm not sending much. He says, but this is a seed. He says, and I absolutely believe that the Lord will take this and he will grow this to meet your needs. And it was such a statement of faith, and I, and I really appreciated it, and it was very kind, and we finished up the phone call. Well, it had been a few weeks later, and I said to Jen, I'm like, you know, he said that he was going to send something, and that hasn't shown up yet. And, I, and it wasn't because I was 
worried and waiting, you know, sure, for you the thought, check. Did he get lost well, in the mail? Well, or, and yeah. I didn't want him thinking that he'd given us something and I hadn't thanked him or, course, or any of, of this kind. So that's the only reason I was worried about it. But it did strike me as the fact because he doesn't live in this area that he, you know, ha- that it hadn't arrived. Well, then there was another day that Jen and I, w- that I went to the mail and I pulled out the stack of mail and on the top was a card with his return address on it. I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's here. And so I sat down at my desk and I opened that up and there was a check and it was, it was very kind. And, and there was a note of encouragement, which reiterated believing that the Lord will take this seed and multiply it to meet your needs. I kid you not. The next envelope I opened in the stack of mail was a big check wow, from friends of so ours that gave us their stimulus check. Because they didn't need it. They were doing fine financially, and they felt compelled to share that with us. Um, That's incredible. <laughs> and then in the midst of the tears, I opened the next thing in the mail, stack of mail, and there was an, another check. Just, I mean— You're just, like, like you're my just bu- weeping now. Yeah, yeah. I to, oh, I'm sobbing like a baby. <laughs> and, and my buddy is fond of saying, he says, you can't make this stuff up. And it's true because you 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 hear you know you can't outgive God you can't all these other, but man, when you are looking at a whole checkbook full of empty, and a whole stack of bills and a mortgage payment and all of the whole world's more interested in when you get paid than you are, um, and this starts happening in the response to people praying for you, I mean this is tangible stuff that just blows my mind you know and it's and i i'm it was a bold step of faith that's where i was wanting to go with this is that was a bold step of faith on his part knowing and believing that the lord would actually you know take and multiply his, and multiply it absolutely so it, it's and just listening to all this stuff it's such a faith builder certainly for you but even you know in the years to come, and even in just the the story of your family, to be able to to mark this as as a time where God really came through, and to just say, okay, I'm, we can like level up in our faith now because because God has shown that He can He can take this impossible situation and and find a way. It's 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 really powerful to to hear. There's one more thought on um, on the subject of delight Please. that you asked about. Is that Please. we then got to experience delight by being able to then give back to the church because you know we couldn't just take and not give after our Lord had been so faithful to us. So we had delight knowing that we could give financially to our church out of what we'd been given. Because we know we're not the only ones hurting. There's other people out there that are having difficulties. I don't want to, to sound like, oh, boo-hoo, we're the only ones having financial struggles in the midst of a COVID shutdown. You know, we're self-employed, but there are other people, you know, maybe, you know, service jobs that have disappeared, you know, that, you know, all kinds of things. Those things maybe don't have any prospects of coming back. Uh, you know, we're always mindful of our blessings and and we experience delight in the midst of the blessing coming to us to turn around and give as others gave to us. So, you know, the old, you know, line about it's greater to give than to receive. My goodness. I think if you were to stand on the other side of eternity and talk to each person who's participated in this, uh, 
every one of them, myself and oh, those that have given to us, would say we had delight in being able to turn around and give to somebody. That's powerful. That's so powerful. And I love how, you know, in the giving or the receiving, it's all unto the Lord. And that's one of the themes in, in Romans 14 and 15. As as we work to preserve unity in the body of Christ through through service and through loving each other, even though we disagree with each other, it's it's really all out of honor and reverence for Christ. And we're doing it unto him. And so I think your story points to that in a really powerful way. So, you know, we were talking earlier about how nice it is to, to see people in the flesh. And, and I know there's a lot of people that, you know, the Allen family loves dearly and misses. And so I just want to give you an opportunity just to say anything to the church family, anyone who might be listening. What do you want them to know? What do you want them to be encouraged by, um, you know, Give a little shout out, whatever. The, the mic is yours, Bob. What do you want to say to, to, to all the church family? You should know better than to give a mic to me, man. <laughs> and we can edit this, so yeah. we can we can. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> well, let me start with the notion that I have been saved for over 40 years of my life, and I've grown up in the church, but I've learned more about our Lord in the past six months than I've learned in the course of my entire saved life. And he, and here's what I learned. It's quite a statement. And, and I'm not, you know me, I'm not one for hyperbole. I mean, I truly mean that. Um, I've learned that our God is bigger, more powerful, more capable, and more intimate, and more mindful of the details than we can possibly understand. If you don't believe that, your God is too small. Hmm. I mean, I, I've always struggled with who am I that God is mindful of me? I know I'm saved. I know he loves me. I know I have relationship with him. I have fellowship with him. But I've always struggled with he has bigger issues to deal with than my bills. And I've learned that he does care about my needs and he does show up when we need him. And I was always working so hard that I would never stop long enough to give him glory for what he was doing in the process. I mean, I, I knew he was providing for us through work opportunities, and I always thanked him for that. But you don't see the small details of his work when you're not looking. And without work, you know, now I, I have time to, to see every detail of his provision, and, and he is in every detail. Whether it's a check showing up or now I, you know, I have a little bit of work coming in and phone calls coming, I can see his fingerprints all over it. And, and that's been my most profound learning, that he's more intimately involved than any of us are aware. You know, and, and it's funny because I grew up singing his eyes on the sparrow, and now I know that it truly is Amen. because I've lived through it. Um, if you, you mentioned... You know, calling out anybody in particular, I'd like. There are some who are likely listening to this podcast, whom the Lord has used to help us financially, even though we may not know who they are. The goal, the glory and praise to God goes. The glory and praise goes to our Lord, but our thank also thanks also goes to you. Uh, thank you for being willing, and in being available to help us. Moreover, thank you to everyone who prayed for us knowing that two self-employed people raising two boys in an expensive 
area, you know, we were struggling. It was, but we've experienced the power of prayer and knowing that so many people, especially in our church family, were praying for us. It was the most humbling and empowering thing that that we've ever experienced. And we've talked about that as a family, the four of us. And um, we shared the experience with the boys when the checks showed up. We would sit down. I was encouraged to share that with the boys. And don't just hide this because, you know, I would never, and they're not supposed to know how you're trying to make your bills and these kinds of things. No, we sat down. Be transparent because it's an opportunity to point to God's glory. Exactly. And we did that. And that was another big step forward for me to be able to try to, to minister to the boys in that way so they could see that, you know, mom and dad, you know, it's not all about this. We don't have it all dialed. We have to trust in the Lord and look at what he's done in, in, in response. Right. And We've been praying and God and God moved his people to, he answered our prayers. Yeah. Our kids need to, to, to see that and, and we need to point it out to them. I yeah. Think. That, so that was a, another profound learning for me as I, as I strive to do the best job I can as a dad, you know, to, to raise up, you know, follow lifelong followers of Christ. I have to offer that and live that transparently, and I can't just quote scripture to them. I need to; it needs to be authentic, and they need to see the cold, <laughs> sometimes harsh reality of when you're at the end of yourself. Okay, but now we have a loving Savior who mm-hmm. absolutely knows and understands and cares about every detail, and now I can talk to them about that where I couldn't necessarily before because I hadn't lived through it and I hadn't experienced it. Um, the last and most important thing I would probably say is um, to anybody who's listening is don't stop. You know, this is not about us, but about all of us being instruments of the Lord's provision wherever he chooses. You know, we're talking about being available, right? You know, there are a lot of hurting people out there far more severely than we are. And if you've been blessed, keep praying for those in need and ask the Lord to use you and he will. He will give you opportunities. This pandemic mindset will not go away easily or likely soon. And so there are going to be more people in need than ever before. But that's how God will be even more glorified in the midst of such a difficult season is because, you know, when the world sees, despite the shutdowns and the restrictions that the state that the, or, you know, that the collective church are the ones who are the what, taking care of the needs and ministering to people, not just waiting for the government to bail them out. You know, it's through the service of the church and the individual's that make up the collective church, you know, being the hands and feet of Jesus, you know, Christ is going to be lifted up. And I believe that as a result, people are going to be saved through this whole season, you know, which is what the Lord wants, you know, most through all of us. And finally, if you're hurting, God knows. He knows more than you could possibly imagine and is more concerned about your details than you think. That's why he told us in 1 Peter 5, 7 to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Believe me, Dan, I excel at anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I know I'm not alone. You know, I mean, cast your cares on and your needs onto him and he will show up. My family and I are a living testament to it, through what's transpired for the last few months for us. Amen. And Bob, I just want to thank you so much. I know that it takes 
some, and you mentioned this several times, but it just takes some humility and some transparency to, to share what God has been doing and, and the, the place you got, he's the valley he's brought you guys and is bringing you guys through. And, and I know that there's some people listening who are in a similar boat. And that's part of the reason why I brought you on here is because I, I, I believe that you are representing in your story. It's, it, you know, it's a sliver of our, of our faith family and, and even uh, a sample of what's happening b- beyond that in, in the world. And so I hope it is an encouragement to those that are listening that may be in a similar boat. And I hope it's inspiring for, for others that maybe are in a position to, to help. And I just have seen, and I hear every week, I mean, the people of Valley Bible Church have really stepped up to the plate during this season in some really powerful ways. And so I just want to encourage everyone who's listening. You guys are, are being God's hands and feet in the world. And, you know, this, this pandemic has not stopped God's kingdom from moving forward and people are getting saved and people are reconnecting to community, even though we're separated physically. And there's just some amazing things happening in the kingdom. And there are people in our church who are really, um, on board with that and being, and using their gifts. And it's so encouraging to, to hear how that's been at work in in your life. So Bob, thank you so much. Will you tell Jen and the boys that we, we said hello? Absolutely. And, uh, I want (laughs) to say how honored we are to call Valley Bible Church home now for 10 years and, um, how this community has ministered to us even long before, you know, the, the circumstances I just described, you know, this is, you will not find a more loving Christ honoring church body than this one. And, uh, we're honored to be a part of it. It's great to be with you, Dan. Thank you for encouraging me and encouraging me to share. Absolutely, Bob. All right. Thanks again, man. That is so encouraging. And again, just such a, a testament to God's faithfulness and Bob, if you're listening to this, Thank you for for telling people that your story, for being willing, and ultimately, man, your your life and just your character in this season has been such a testament and such an example of what a faithful servant looks like, and at the same time, too, like how God provides for people. So, and I'm personally so encouraged. Thank you again, Bob, for participating this week. Yeah, Bob, we love you. Even though, even though you quit the band, for those, for those of you that don't know, Bob is a, is a fantastic, amazing, talented drummer. And uh, we had to split, split ways because of creative differences. You know, he wanted to play Rush all day. And I was trying to tell him, hey, man, we're trying to go for a different sound. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He does love Rush, I think. But um, no, man, we miss having you, uh, you know, on the team. And I miss all of my Valley Bible worship people. Um you know, I'm kind of getting sick of just playing music with Sean all the time. I would be too. <laughs> but anyway, Bob, we love you, man. And for those of you that were listening and their story really resonated with you, maybe you're going through something similar. Maybe you're struggling financially or in some other way, emotionally or, or, you know, spiritually, or there, there's something going on in your, in your life. We just want to take this moment and we say this a lot, but we really mean it. Don't feel like you have to go at this alone. 
we it's it's impossible for us as pastoral staff and elders to know everything that's happening in the lives of all of the people who call Valley Bible Church home. And so sometimes you have to eat humble pie and reach out and just tell us what's going on and just let us know where you're at so that we can come alongside you. And I love in Bob's story is it, is it really starts with prayer. And then from there, God moves his people to, to make a difference in physical ways or in service. And yeah, so I just, I love what Bob said. And if you are, you know, finding yourself in a similar situation, don't suffer alone. Let reach out. You can go to our website, hit the connect tab, get in touch. We'd love to, to come alongside you. Amen to that. And I know we say this all the time, but we are here. Like we really do. We, we we're eager and we're yearning to just be there for you guys. Um, and not just be on a TV screen in your homes, but to know you, to be a part of your life and your family. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I want to circle back to, to something that you mentioned earlier, Sean, just about the, the prayer drive-in. It was such a powerful time. And one of the things that we had talked about from Paul's blueprint of service is how prayer is a powerful way to serve each other. And really it's, it's the first and best and sometimes the only thing that we can do. And we, we see from Paul's, you know, um, what he wrote about in, in chapter 15, that he had a great anticipation. He expected God to move through prayer and to create to, to protect him and to create effective ministry and to produce joy and fruit. And that's one of the things that really struck me as people came to the drive-in is they came with a sense of expectation. They came with a sense of real need uh, for God to, to make a difference in their life. It wasn't just like, Oh, well, we, you know, we weren't doing anything. So we figured we'd come by. It was like people came with, with, burdens on their heart. And it was such an honor and a privilege to to help them carry that burden and to bring that burden to the throne of grace and to really just do some battle together in prayer. And it just, it really got me fired up. And it, it was like the people that, that came and then we prayed together and then they left, like something had shifted. There was a difference that, and we could already see God working in their hearts and in our hearts to, to create unity and to, to build each other up and to just, there was a sense of real delight and, and joy in doing that. And, and so that's one of the things that we looked at on Sunday, as we reviewed chapter 14 and 15, Tim gave us some some things to think about at the end of his notes. It says, now what? And one of the the bullet points there is just about our, our, our habits with regards to prayer. And so there's some questions on there. When do you pray? How and where do you pray? For whom? Like, you know, what do you pray? And then what are, what hinders your prayer life? And how will you address these hindrances? And so I just think that there is, there is a, this is an opportunity for us to develop more biblical, um, deeper roots with regards to our personal prayer lives and our prayer like culture as a church. And I'm starting to see some of that stuff shift as I'm talking to people and as was evidenced at this prayer drive. And so I'm just super encouraged by that. Yeah, me too, Dan. Um, and I think too, like not even just prayer, but really, I think prayer is, is one of the tools that we use for the greater purpose, which I think is just this idea of a heart that's focused on unity and service, serving others versus like 
this consumerist, what am I getting out of church kind of thing. And man, I've really been just chewing on that during COVID because so many of my close friends and brothers and sisters are just really, really struggling with COVID. I know we've talked about that so much in the podcast, but um, some people that I really love dearly, that that I know love Jesus dearly, are just in this headspace of like, oh, I hate what's going on. I can't wait for this to be over. And like, they're so fixated on that. And absolutely, of course, we all do. But when you read through Romans 15 and look at Paul's instructions for what fruitful life and fruitful ministry looks like, it's just so counter to that idea. Like I'm going to read through some of the points from when we did that second half of Romans 15 of what Paul's blueprint are, which is, you know, stay mission minded on what you're called to do. Enjoy the process and, and the evidence of God kind, God's kindness through all circumstances. Remember that service both runs, runs both ways. We should be focused on serving our brothers and sisters and serving others. Being united, having united resolve and praying for one another. Um, through prayer, seeking God's protection and delight. And so, man, th- in all of these, you're seeing this, this just this, this mindset and this state of heart of, man, I have a greater heart for those around me. And I have a greater heart in, like you said, Dan, focusing in anticipation for what God's going to do rather than this heart that's frustrated and complaining about how things aren't the way I want them to be. And I don't say that to like chastise, but I say that because, man, there's such a sweetness and joy when you are doing those things to be able to receive those kind of benefits even now during COVID. And like you said, Dan, the, the prayer driving was such a great example of that. Like there's ways that we can be uh, just really growing together, really um, just delighting in one another's presence, even though we have to stay six feet apart, wearing masks, all that, yada, yada, yada. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree, Dan. So awesome. And for, for those of us that watched what happened on Sunday, you know, that, that came to, to church at VBC at home with us, we had just a great opportunity to hear from some people in our body just with regards to how this stuff is landing that we've been, we've been talking about over the last month. How has it been landing with them? And I was so encouraged, man. Just, I, I felt like all across the board, everybody had great stuff to say. And I was just writing down notes like crazy. It was just like gold. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe that's what we could do right now is just, is just talk about what, what were some takeaways from, from those, those stories and those evidences of grace that we heard from, from our body. What were some things that you, that struck you, Sean, as you were you listening to those folks share? Oh man. Um, a lot. You know, I, I know people have different opinions about, um, format of teaching and whatnot, but I absolutely loved Sunday. I, I thought it was so encouraging and so fruitful and, yeah, everybody who spoke, man, thank you guys. You you, you really rock for, for being willing to serve, um, but also just know that I've heard from so many people that God use your different testimonies and words for encouragement, and so yeah, just you guys rock. Um, but yeah, it was just so interesting seeing different people in different life stages, um, different circumstances, just pulling these chunks out. Um and one thing in particular that I really appreciated, which is one of the later ones, was was Jason Wong. Just because I appreciate, uh, I kind of need these little things like acronyms and whatnot to help my mind remember things and remember uh, just truth when I'm going through situations. So I really, really loved 
his goal acronym that he used. I don't know if you remember that. Um, yeah, that was that was really helpful. Yeah, especially with all the things we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks on the podcast. It's a great great tool to think about. So walk us through it. Yeah, so he is four letters: goal, G O A L, and the G is for the gospel. So man, everything has to stem from the gospel, um, and just the, the the true depth of the gospel and what what God intended in sending His Son for us. So just the humility and the gratitude that stems from that. And really everything after that flows from that place of gratitude and humility before God and Jesus. So number one is gospel. Number two is order. O is for order. And really that just comes down to uh, having the right priorities in biblical truths and what God has told us about ourselves and ensuring that we're prioritizing things in a way that's healthy. You know, so often like Dan, you and I were pastors of EBC and you see that so frequently that that before you know it, things have shifted, and all of a sudden you're more focused on the the numbers, the effectiveness of a certain ministry event, over just the heart of Jesus in those things, and and kind of that um, going back to that unity and serving others mentality, and that's one example of a shifted priority. But it could be anything. Like um, if you're not in ministry, even just the priority of your relationship with Jesus versus your relationship with your family versus your relationship with your job. Those are all priorities, and it's really easy to, to mix that order up. But Jason reminded us that when we have that correct order, which is God, Jesus, family, everything else, then um, we're able to just keep things straight and be more effective in that way. Totally appreciate right. it. And I've, and I've found as I was listening to him, you know, that's not something that you set up one time and just leave it. Okay, I'm good to go. I've found that, that the proper order, uh, a biblical perspective, a biblical you know, priority is something you have to fight for continually because things are always trying to cut in on, you know, what is supposed to be of first importance. And so we have to, we have to be really vigilant and, and continually set that order before us. Yeah. Which is, which is really good to lead into the A, which is assess. And for Jason, his particular example, he was more focused on assessing his like spiritual gifts and which ministries he should be serving in and whatnot. But that's actually what I pulled too from it, Dan, is that we need to be constantly assessing our priorities, assessing where we stand, assessing what's kind of influencing our mind and heart during seasons. Because absolutely, you know, as long as we live on this world, we're going to have influences tugging at our hearts. And so doing frequent assessments is, is really important. And so just a quick note on that. Uh, how do you assess two, two easy things? Pray about it. Turn to scripture about it. Those are uh, two easy things. Pray, pray to God, ask for his help, and then look for scriptural truths to compare against these topics that you're uh, assessing. And the last one, which is L, is live it out. You know, Jason said, and I can be this way too, I think a lot of us can be, um, that it's easy to have all this stuff in your head. It's easy to spend a lot of time thinking about the gospel and really reflecting and journaling about the order of your priorities and assessing your giftings and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, if you're not living it out, it's all fickle. It's all, it's all, it's all for naught. And so just a good reminder that um, all of this is so we can live it out. Um, so if we're not doing that part of it, we're totally missing out on, on God's plan. So Jason Wong, thank you for the, the goal acronym Am I putting it in my pocket of, of tricks for later on in life? What about you, Dan? Yeah, well, that really tags in nicely to what I first wanted to share was just about what Christian brought to us regarding service in the church. And, you know, he talked about sometimes we 
we were called to do something that maybe is outside of our ideal setting or venue. And, you know, Paul being a courier of, of financial support to Jerusalem like that, that is something that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe doesn't, isn't in his job description as an apostle or as an evangelist or as a teacher, as an elder, you know, it's, like probably somebody else could have done that. Right. But that's what, that's what was needed. That's what God called him to do. And he did it faithfully and he did it with expectation. And so, so I thought that was really good how Christian challenged us. Like, even if we're called to do something that doesn't appeal to us, it doesn't mean we can't serve and doesn't mean we can't be effective and joyful and satisfied in, and see some good fruit in it. And one of the things I thought about too, is as Paul was maybe doing something that, that maybe like wasn't his idea, like he'd rather go to a new area and preach the gospel or, or start a new church somewhere or, or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but as he was doing that, don't you think he used his gifts, right? hundred percent. It's not like he just turned off who he is and what God's gifted him to do. He was able to do it as he went and he expected great fruit from it. And so I thought it was just a great a great job of Christian, like telling us like, that's a, that's a parallel of what we're experiencing right now in this COVID era. We are a lot of our normal ministry rhythms and venues and opportunities are, have been interrupted. And so we have to develop an attitude that says, okay, well, well, what can I do now? And I got to be a little creative. I got to have some determination. I got to think outside the box. And I thought it was really interesting. Like Christian, you know, talked about, he's like, you know, for instance, like I'm doing this right now and I'm sharing what God's taught me, you know, and it's going on the internet and who knows how God will use this, who knows who will see this and, and what effect it will have, but that's not up to us. I think what's up to us is, is an attitude and it's a, it's a willingness and an availability. And it was really cool. Christian was like, even look at the book of Romans. I mean, that was something that, that Paul he availed himself of, of service and gifting, and he did what God called him to do. And now look at us, we're, you know, thousands of years later, we're talking about it and we're being edified by it and we're drawing nearer to God through it. So just amazing stuff, Christian. Um, yeah. And then, you know, another thing that, that, I mean, there was, I I wrote down stuff from everybody, but we don't have time to talk about it all right (laughs) now, but, you know, I really liked what Brian brought us to in, chapter 15, verse five. And he was, he was talking about this, this process of God, uh, the God of endurance, you know, and encouragement, um, giving us uh, a sense of, of unity and harmony in accord with Christ Jesus. And he was just talking about how that, that God has used people in his life to, to bring that about. And, I just love that concept, and I'm sure we've all experienced this. I hope we've all experienced this, where where God brings about His purposes in our lives through the people He puts in our lives. And right now, where we're not just bumping into people in the halls in church, we're not just, um, you know, sh- like we didn't don't have any like church picnic events or softball games or basketball games or anything. Mm-hmm. We have to be really intentional about doing life with people and being in relationship with people through small groups. Even if it's over zoom, I get it guys. I know virtual fatigue has set in. I've talked to so many people, even this week who are just like, I'm done with zoom. I cannot do another small group over zoom. And, and I get it. 
but this is what we have right now. And so if it, if it's a, if it's a backyard social distance thing, if it's, you know, um, some kind of social bubble thing, I don't know, whatever it is, we cannot give up meeting together because God, it wants to produce, um, that he, he wants to give us that encouragement and endurance through each other. And then what I loved, what, what, um, Brian said was, you know, that process of unity and harmony, there's a purpose for that. It's, it's that, or so that we can glorify God. And as a worship leader, I love that because that's what I think about, you know, that's what I, what drives me is like, how can I help people magnify the name of God? How can I help people glorify God and see him as he is? And I just love that idea that God is, is bringing us into relationship, into community. He is, wants us to preserve unity. He wants us to live in harmony not just because that's nice and good in and of itself. He wants to do that in us so that we can, with one voice, glorify him. And that was just so powerful for me to think about that. And just even just to picture our church, you know, to gather together, even though we're scattered on Sunday mornings, just with one voice glorifying God. And it, it's, it's powerful. Amen. Amen, Dan, to that. And yeah, it's on that topic of like, of adjusting to circumstances. Like we all get it. We're all tired of COVID, Zoom, mass, all the stuff. But, you know, we're, we're called, like you said, we're called to do these things. And when it comes to like giftings or even not so specific as like ministries and, and like serving in that kind of way, but even just church. A lot of us have our preferences for how we're used to doing church and fellowship and all those kinds of things. But, you know, I'm thinking about it as like, like say you're like, God has commanded you to build something and you're a woodworker. That's your gifting. You like building stuff out of wood. So you have all these tools for working with wood and these saws and yada, yada. Imagine that all of a sudden this pallet's dropped off at your house to build stuff with. And instead of wood, it's clay or it's cement, (laughs) whatever it is, your your task doesn't change. All of a sudden you can't use your toolings and you have to adjust, but in that moment, our job isn't to sit there and complain about how I can't use my woodworking tools. My job is to figure out, man, how can I still accomplish this thing that God has commanded me to do? And it's this so exactly the same when it comes to, like you said, unity, unity in the body and, and loving one another. And yeah, man, like we, we know, we know better than this. We know that, that we are called to, to, for unity, not just for the sake of being with one another, but because by doing that, we're, we're better understanding and better revealing God's love. We're, we're better understanding God's love for us by being together and loving one another. And yeah, I just, I think about some of those scriptures that we talk about a lot and they're really beautiful and anthemic, like the end of, Rome, end of Romans 8, like, no, like in all these things, we're more than conquerors, like neither death nor life, angels, no rulers, Nothing present or things to come, nor powers, height, nor death, nor anything in all creation can separate us from the love of God, except COVID, apparently. That's how we feel sometimes. But the reality is, like, do we really trust what God tells us about these things? Because if we really trust that in all circumstances, for all eternity, nothing can separate us from God, then we should have confidence that he's also going to give us the, the, the opportunities and avenues we need to also do all these things we're talking about, like unity and, and fellowship and prayer and all those kinds of things. Absolutely. Incredible stuff. And 
I, you know, I, I was thinking about too just something that song said on Sunday and he was talking about the context of being a, being a dad. And I know a lot of us can relate to that, but it was just this simple thing he said, and, and it, it's such a no brainer, but this is how dense we are as people. Sometimes we need, <laughs> we need someone to, to just spell it out for us. And song did that. He, and he just said, you know, sometimes I want to give, I want to give advice to my kids and I feel like I know what the answer is. I feel like I know what, what needs to be said. Um, but he's just like, God's been teaching me prayer, comma, then advice <laughs> to, to, to spend time. You know, song was encouraging us to spend time drawing closer to God, being in his presence, letting, letting him g- give us peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that was so powerful to me. And, and I think about, like you're saying, Sean, those people who are really frustrated with this time. And I just want to encourage them, ask them like, how is your, and we talked last week about the practice of the presence of God. How are you doing? Are you practicing the presence of God? And I I just, I had an email with, with a friend of mine. We've been going back and forth during the season and um, she's been sharing with me prayer requests and and I've been sending scripture and praying for her. And, and, you know, I, I sent her a question just a, along those lines, like, how are you feeding your soul? Are you spending time in God's word? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you worshiping him just sitting in his presence? All the things we know that cause renewal and refreshment and joy mm-hmm. and give us strength. I just asked her and she said, she responded, I don't know. I'm trying Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> that was it. And, and so I just, you know, I just trying to encourage her just this, with this mindset. Well, first of all, I said, how can I help? And then second of all, just this mindset of, of trying versus training. And we've talked about this before a lot. Um, you know, I know in the, in the quest ministry with young adults, because so many times we just, we think, okay, the way forward and Bob even talked about this but the, the way forward is I got to work harder. I got to grip my teeth. I got to pull myself up by my bootstraps. And that's how I'm going to break through this, this season I'm in or this frustration I'm feeling or whatever. And what I am really reminded by from this Roman series that we've been going through is that uh, real transformation happens from inner renewal. And it's not some mystery. We We don't have to like figure out some crazy combination of, uh, you know, of like <laughs> rituals and, and sayings and prayers. Like it, it's there for us. Like God is so, uh, if we've been welcomed into his family, if we have had our sins washed clean by the blood of Jesus, if we have been brought into a right relationship with the father, if, if we have our faith in Jesus, all of that is true. And our access to God is, is free and clear. And, and like what second Corinthians says, like we with, we're beholding God's glory with unveiled face. There's nothing blocking us from the glory and the presence and the life of, of God. You know, the Holy spirit has, is, is indwelling us for crying out loud. And so sometimes we're, we, we, I just think we need to have that, that adjustment. Um, and just say, it's, it's not about me. Um, 
like you said, you know, complaining about the circumstances. It's not about me muscling my way through life. It's all ministry and service and life and joy and all these things are found through an inner, a process of inner renewal. And all the steps are laid out for us in scripture and there's incredible freedom in it. Yeah, that is so true. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week of, I think like before that process really even starts, there's just this, this baseline question of, do I trust God? You know, do I trust scripture? Do I trust Jesus? Because we're, we're saying all these things about the fruit that results from doing these processes of, of prayer and connecting with God and, and the Holy Spirit and all those things. But, uh, and I get it. Some of you are listening to us and you're, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but you don't know this or you don't know what I'm going through or you don't see this. My kids are starting school this week. It's just so crazy. Yada, yada. And I, I understand that. And all those things are, are valid trials and, and burdens. But at the end of the day, you know, we're told that it doesn't matter what circumstances you are, you're in. It doesn't matter if you're right now living through COVID with kids in school. It doesn't matter if you're Paul 2000 years ago enduring a shipwreck or in jail or whatever it is, like scripture is constant. And so it really comes down to, do I trust that what God says in his word is going to happen? Yeah, for sure. And and so with that in mind, man, maybe ask us, maybe you need to ask that question. Like, am I really living like I'm trusting Jesus? Um, And if not, maybe you just pray through that because I, I understand, like I just said, a lot of us are going through really hard and heavy things, but you know, Jesus straight up told us, he said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say all of you who are going through this or this. He says, everybody on the entire planet that ever will be to come, come to me when you're weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I'm humble in heart. He says that, he says, learn from me, be like me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And when you're that way too, you will find rest for your souls. And that is so beautiful and such a fitting reminder for me and my own spirit. And I hope it uh, is for you as well. Well, that that is beautiful. I mean, I'm, I'm almost moved to tears just hearing that, just hearing Jesus's heart, his compassion for us. And he is constantly standing ready to, to welcome us and, he has welcomed us in the most profound way through his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection and ascension. And, and he, remember what we talked about, he ever lives to make intercession for us. Mm-hmm. And, and even, you know, back to Romans eight, the Holy spirit helps us in our weakness. Even when we don't know what to pray or we don't know what to do, we're just, we're at the end of our, of our rope. The, we have this, these advocates for us, Jesus, the son and, and the Holy spirit, God, the Holy spirit, Amazing stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that I really liked too, and I, w- I want to ask you about, Sean, is is Tim brought us back to, you know, this this idea of um, what is it what does it look like to have disagreements in the body, uh, you know, in our church family, and how do we navigate that in a in a godly way, in a way that brings honor to our Savior, right? And I love, he kind of gave us this grid, you know, it's a, it's, it's primary, essential, secondary, non-essential. And so just whatever issue, you know, Tim was challenging us, whatever issue we're, we're disagreeing about the, maybe the first point is like to just identify where on, on that grid or spectrum is the issue. 
is it something that I'm willing to, is it a hill I'm willing to die on? Or is it something that we have liberty on, you know, and, and I love those three words, you know, unity in the essentials, liberty in the non-essentials and charity in all things. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was really, um, really powerful to come back to that because it's so, we're being, we're being really, we're, we're, we're dealing with these things right now in a variety of, of, of arenas with politics, with decisions about, you know, what, what church life is supposed to look like with doctrinal issues, whatever. So, so Sean, what, what did you find helpful about that discussion from Sunday? Yeah. Um, man, so fitting obviously with everything going on. Um, but I just want to start off by saying before you even get into the discussion of, of which things are worth disagreeing about and, and not, just like you just said that, that charity over all things, um, is that no matter what the issue is and what your conviction is and what scripture says about it, there is never a situation where we're given justification to be unloving towards someone else, period. doesn't matter yeah. what the issue is, who it is, it does not matter. They could be spitting shame on the name of Christ and we do still, we still do not have the justification scripturally to be unloving towards that person. So just keep that in mind as you're thinking about this, this topic and what we're about to talk about, that's the baseline. That's the first and foremost foundation is in, in all things, in all discussions, we're called to love people. Now that said, yeah, there's that grid, there's that grid of issues. And there's some things that, um, we're totally okay with having disagreements over and some things that we're not. Um, and so that's something to navigate. And I'll just say one thing, like, it's okay to disagree, guys, on certain things. That's what we saw from Tim. It's what we see in scripture. But some people don't feel that way. Some people really think, oh, man, everybody has to agree when it comes to every little thing. And A, that's just not realistic. But B, I don't think that's, not, that's not biblical. It's not scriptural. God made us all as unique individuals in his own image for sure. But he gave us free will. He gave us our free minds. And to expect everyone else on the planet to have your exact opinion on every issue that's a non-essential scriptural thing, like that's just absurd. Come on. So that said, there are things that if we claim to love Christ, we claim to, to trust God's word as, as the, our authority for truth, there are things that we cannot reconcile with people who are claiming otherwise. You know, there's things that the Bible says that if someone says something against that, we, again, we can't be unloving to them, but we have to say, you know, we cannot reconcile this issue. We cannot work this out because what you're saying is just plain untrue. That's something like, uh, you know, Christ's deity, things like that. Um, and one tool that, that Tim gave us, which is really helpful, um, if you go to the message notes from Sunday, there is like an online PDF that's put out by the gospel project and it's called the 99 essential doctrines. And, uh, you know, our elders have read through this and I've looked at it too. And they're all things that we are in alignment with and agree with. And basically it's this list of 99 things in scripture that are essentials that, that, that are unwavering, that opinion cannot sway. These are the things that if you claim to love Jesus, you claim to love, to love God in, in the Bible that, you have to be in alignment with. And if you're not, then this is an issue that we have to draw a line in the sand with and say, I'm sorry, but we cannot see eye to eye on this issue. Um, so yeah, maybe take some time this week and look at that PDF and look through those 99 issues and evaluate where you stand on them. And, and really the bigger question for me with this season 
is maybe spend a few minutes just thinking about what are the big issues on my heart right now? What are the big issues in my mind right now? And odds are for a lot of people, those are going to be things like schooling, uh, social distancing, masks, racism, things like that. Um, And as you identify those issues in your head of things that are really high in your list, read through this list of 99 things and see, does that show up on this list? Are these things that I'm holding dear to my heart, things that the Bible says is okay for me to be drawing a line in the sand over? For a lot of us, it's not going to be that case. For a lot of us, some of these issues that we're really getting heated over are not things that we can say are essential doctrines from the Bible. Which leads me to the next thing. There are certain things that, that the Bible says that are not essentials, that, that it's okay for us to have different opinions over, doesn't impact the integrity of the gospel, doesn't impact the integrity of, of God's plan for redemption, yada, yada. Um, and those are often the things that we get into the weeds with with people, that disagreements just get so heated. Um, you know, Dan, you and I had a conversation today about uh, what clothes we wear when we sing worship music, that kind of thing. That's not an essential doctrine. Sorry, there's a there's 99 essential doctrines, but that ain't one of them on there. <laughs> so yeah, just just check out that list, and uh, as you do it, do it in prayer, and just see if God stirs anything in your heart about uh, the issues you've been spending energy and time over. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it, and I think it's a good segue to kind of the last thing that I wanted to to bring up, and and that's what what Tommy and and Grace Sidebottom you know, shared just about hope. And obviously that's one of the big themes throughout, you know, uh, chapter 15 of Romans and, you know, just Tommy reminded us that God has, has always made good on his promises and the things that we're still waiting for him to fulfill, those things are, are imminent that, that Christ's return is imminent, that he is going to come and make all things right. And, and then, you know, so beautifully Grace shared just how her conflict in her friend group was, they were able to sit down and resolve that with grace and humility. And, um, it was really a, um, it's really a a byproduct of that hope that we have, because what Tommy shared was that there without hope, there's no there's no reconciliation. We can't be reconciled to God and we certainly can't be reconciled to each other. Mm-hmm. And so I just loved that connection between hope and unity and reconciliation. I thought that was really powerful. And just as we, as we, again, we navigate these hard times, I just want to continue to challenge us and, and, and invite you listeners, beholders to, um, to think through this question, like, how much time are you spending focusing on the things of this world versus the things of, of that are of the kingdom? The things that are, um, you know, you know, Jesus instructs us to pray, let God's kingdom come, let his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so are, are you, are we wrapped up and caught up in what's happening in the culture or are we wrapped up and caught up and focused on what's eternal, what is kingdom related? And, um, I just wanted to read from second Corinthians chapter four. And I think it, it goes along really well with what Tommy and Grace shared. And I think it is, man, it should just be like a, just a cry of our hearts. Um, as we suffer, um, awaiting God's return, 
but also participating in his kingdom coming, right? Mm -hmm. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 16. It says, we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so, yeah, man, what, what would all of this, how would all of this stuff look differently if we all had that mentality or that, that vision of our, our inner self being renewed day by day and our, the eyes of our heart looking to the things that are eternal, the things that are, will not pass away as opposed to focusing on the, the, the temporal things, the earthly things that are right in front of us. How would all of this conflict in our, in, that we see in our church, how I feel like it would just disappear. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like it would just pale in comparison to this weight of glory that's being, being prepared for us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I agree. And I, 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 you know, I personally feel challenged in this way and I hope that you listening do as well. And, and through that, man, as a church family, I hope that we grow. I hope that we grow in, in our love and our desire to be unified together. Uh, man, I think we've hit a lot of things today to be chewing on and thinking about. And so in leaving, um, I'm going to read again that, that verse from Matthew 11. And this may sound strange, but if you're able to, wherever you are, just take a seat and close your eyes and just soak this up. Just close your eyes. And as you hear these words, imagine that you are the you. When, when this says you, that's you. That's D'Angela. That's Sean Helps. Mm. That's whoever you are listening. And these words are coming from Jesus Christ who came to die for your sins, who knows better than anybody on this entire planet, better than your spouse, better than yourself, what you're going through during these circumstances. So would that be the spirit as, as you listen to these words? Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Man, listener, beholder, that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for all of us, that as we are beholding Christ, we would turn to him. We would turn to Christ who died for us. He did that for us. He can absolutely, he who, who through all things were created, who sustains us, can absolutely give us rest for our souls now in these uncertain times. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Like Dan said, man, please reach out. Send us an email. Send us a text. Give us a phone call. We want to be with you guys. We want to be unified with you and together grow in Christ uh, even now in these crazy times. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.